1: Finding the Tylan Wallace. It hangs a wobbler. Wallace settles under at the 25. Gets a block. Comes in the near side. 30. Spins out of one. Tackle 35. Along the near side.
2: He's
0: like a big deal. Wallace to the 40. Still on his he- Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Monday and welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. That sound you heard was a thrilling walk-off win for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm Connor Rogers, alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. Fellas, a lot of wild games this weekend. Oh my God. And Raiders Vikings. Yes. I was going to say, let's start talking about Nick Mullins.
2: Nick, look. To me, this was. I know a lot of people are going to look back at Week 14 and say, like, ah, God, Raiders Vikings was a disaster, and that ending to the Chiefs Bills game, and wow, Cowboys Eagles, and you know, and what a shootout between the Rams and the Ravens. Like, so many interesting storylines. But I think to me, the biggest takeaway from Week 14 is that my commanders did not lose. I didn't. Let's be clear, my commanders. Did not lose, and by the way, they won't lose tonight either. Week fourteen is the best week of the NFL season because no one was subjected to my Washington Commanders.
1: I tell you what, though, I think they're going to lose next week because the Rams looked kind of awesome, and that was a—that's just one of those random games. Like the Ravens are seven and a half point favorites. Says weather, it's a low total and then all of a sudden, just this magnificent game kind of sprouts out of nowhere, and they're yeah, going to beat you next week.
2: Like you had me. At, they're going to play next week, Yeah. and that, like you didn't have to give me the opponent. Yes, like. They have one game that could they could potentially win the rest of the way. Jets. And that's the Jets. Yeah. Right. And by the way, after, la- after yesterday, Jets I'm not convinced up. that's a win. No. I want, listen, this is from the bottom of my heart, from the dear the deepest, uh, you know, recesses. cockles of my, recesses <laughs> and cockles of my heart.
1: Okay, I prefer recesses. Yeah, so but okay. no, it's you fine. I've cockles. got cockles. cockles. Yeah, okay.
2: yeah got the cockles of my heart, and that's they're deep work. down, deep down, just because you have a small <laughs> little Grinch heart, I'm just going to tell you, like, I have a big heart, and it's filled with cockles. <laughs> The fact is, is and all those cockles are rooting for the for commanders to go 0-4 the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, I want a draft pick. Yep. I want a high Atreus draft pick for
1: whoever our new coach is. Bears yeah. winning, Mike, well, get back in the mix. Mm. Maybe get a quarterback. Probably miss out on the quarterback. Take an offensive tackle at four. yes,
0: probably. Or yeah. Marvin Harrison. Or Jr. Marvin Jr. Harrison Jr. Be pretty
2: fun. Yeah. By the way, well, by the way, or you trade down to like 10 and you yeah. get a bounty because <laughs> we got some needs. Yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? All right. Anyway, that's the, me and Connor will talk about the draft later on in the offseason. Yes, you can, okay. you, you'll be, yeah, I don't know, yeah. talking Probably WNBA, WNBA futures on Bet the Edge. <laughs> yes.
0: but, Jeez. All right, get the straight back ball. answers. Just, I love the ices. You, you're you're <laughs> carved you up, and we're two minutes and forty seconds yeah, into the fired show. Up. That's Listen, we, we are fired up. We got a busy show. Weekend warriors, Sunday scaries, all that good stuff. Best bets for a Monday night football doubleheader. Yeah. Uh, an interesting yeah. doubleheader. So I don't know why they're doing that, but yeah, fine. but it's a thing. It's <laughs> happening.
2: I, I, the reason they are doing that is because. And I, this is not me speaking for them. From what I understand, this was at the request of ESPN. ESPN wanted two games in the same night. So,
1: but at the same time, yes.
2: Well,
0: okay, right. And boy, okay. it will. What, my what a my they are. this is
2: my guess. <laughs> this is not anything I've heard. This is just my own reading of the tea leaves. Is that it will have a it, between because of the two games, it will be a huge number. Right. And Disney will, will say, like, look at how many millions of people what, tuned into ABC slash ESPN slash ESPN two, right. mm-hmm. all of our family of networks to watch. Football last night, right? So it's a, it's a little bit of a yeah. Okay,
1: so that's my it, thinking. In Australia, we call that a rort. A rort oh. is like an inefficiency. So, like you can bet right now on Demar Hamlet at minus three fifty to win Comeback Player of the Year when he's definitely going to win. That's a rort. So, like ESPN, it's a rort that they're putting the two games together to artificially boost ratings.
2: I like yeah. it. I, mean, I don't know if it's artificially boosted. I mean, the people are going to watch. Are, I don't know if but it's. Artificially, like, but it is. It is. It is odd to see two primetime games. On at the same time, and from what I have heard, I'm not reporting this. I'm just saying these—that's this. This is the scuttlebutt, the rumor, the unconfirmed <laughs> sources <laughs> yeah. saying that it was at the. It's, this is not the NFL. This is at the request of the broadcast partner. In this case,
0: ESPN. Okay, I like it. Let's yeah. jump into the Roto World player news. For all your player news, go to NBCSports.com, and we will pick up where the show started. And that is the thriller that was Rams Ravens here, Jay Monster Day for Lamar Jackson. We've kind of been waiting for this game for Lamar Jackson. Fantasy wise, yes. he hasn't been a superstar. He's been just good, but uh, ooh, the three ooh, touchdowns ooh. through the air, 70 rushing yards. Uh, he was a monster in this game that had him and Stafford of See what I did there? Yeah. Me, Likey. We're in for a long one. Isaiah Likely. Uh, that's, yes. That's,
1: that's, that's pretty bad. That was pretty good, though, from Lamar Jackson. I think the key to this game is that his average depth of target was over 12 yards. He was just hoofing the ball down the field and connecting more often is than that not. I you I, you I've never ball. heard it. Yeah, it's it's hoofing. a That's Australian. Just move on. Uh, so he was. I'm gonna yeah. ask my wife later tonight if we can hoop. Yeah. yeah well, Lamar Jackson, uh, he already did it with consent with uh, Isaiah Likely uh, and Odell Beckham, uh, Zay Flowers to a lesser Power extent. Not so much stuff down the field, but I mean, this is the Lamar that we we've been waiting for. And look. Lamar is, I, like, I don't think he's going to win MVP. I don't think he really deserves to win MVP based on his numbers. He's had a fantastic season, but you watch a game like that and you realize why people can talk themselves into it because just the visual phenomenon of watching Lamar Jackson is just unlike watching anyone else in football. On that 3rd and 17 late to win the game, 3rd and 17 doesn't feel that difficult for Lamar Jackson because he can just do everything. He was what you drafted him to be. Almost 400
2: uh, yard total yards here, and... Talked about this on the football uh, – I, I did the uh, Saturday Night Football postgame show last night as so we were talking about it. I get to talk a little football, not just fantasy, but I get to talk a little bit of football, which is always fun. But one of the things – said, so at the end of the third quarter, the Ravens were down in this game. It's the first time all season that's happened. And so, you know, you don't always want to put your quarterback in this position, but there's a reason why if you're paid the way Lamar Jackson is paid, when, when you're one of the faces of the NFL, when you're the face of the franchise, there comes time where the team says to you, like, dude – Put on your Superman cape and go win this for us. And that's what Lamar Jackson did here. And so, taking it back to fantasy here, it's the most rushing yards in a game since week three. It's nice to see, finally, like, Beckham continues to – we talked about this on Fantasy Football pregame, that Odell Beckham continues to look like Odell Beckham, like the guy we've seen. And so, he gets loose. And that that was a really nice catch, too. I don't know if he ran the wrong route slightly or uh, Lamar threw to the wrong shoulder. But Beckham turns around at the last second and comes down with a great catch. Beckham just played really, really well. Um, Isaiah likely coming into his game. It's now back-to-back games with six targets for the the second-year tight end that's filling in for Mark Andrews. 11 of his 13 targets, by the way, over the last two games have come from the slot. So they're moving him around. They're using him in mismatches. And Zay Flowers now back-to-back games with 20 or more fantasy points, five more receptions in four of the last six. What's been exciting is, is that he's starting to get all these weapons involved, like OBJ's healthy likely taking over for Andrews, safe flowers emerging. The only concern, if there was one concern for this game in which Lamar Jackson ran for 70 yards, is that the Keaton-Mitchell breakout didn't happen the way we thought. He was clearly the running, the Ravens running back you want right now is Keaton-Mitchell, but it was, in a game in which they put up a ton of points, Mitchell had a ho-hum day.
0: Yeah, he did. And it looks like with Mitchell, at least that they are making the effort to make him the guy. Yeah. But the question is, when they get into these shootouts, guys, and they have Jacksonville on Sunday Night Football next week, which is pretty exciting. We'll see. That's going to be a great game. Yeah, 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 I mean, Joe Flacco was able to throw against Jacksonville. I think Lamar Jackson will be okay. But when they get into these shootouts, Jay, It comes down to it that, you know, the other guys get involved through the air instead of the running backs.
1: Definitely. And look, it was a strange game. The Ravens, they were down much of the second half towards the end of the first half. Lamar was just getting whatever he wanted, so, like, why would you run the ball? Uh, And because Stafford was scoring so easily the other way, which I think is another massive story out of this. Rams have a top five, six offense at the moment. They They Ever since Kyron Williams has come back, like, the Ravens, who came into this with, you know, arguably the best defense in football, certainly one of the top three, they they had no chance, particularly against Cooper Cup, who looked like 2021 Cooper Cup, Matthew. 100 receiving yards for just the third time this season, but his first since
2: Week Six. Right, I mean this is his first game with more than 50 50 yards since Week Six. What's nice is is that they're starting to uh, work on him in close. He got three end zone targets here in Week 14. You see the touchdown right there on your screen if you're watching right. He had 115 yards. That's the second most by a wide receiver against the Ravens so far this season. And I think the most important thing, other than the numbers, the numbers were great, but the most important thing, Jay, is what you just said. He looked like Cooper Cup for much of this season. He hasn't. He's looked like a shell of himself. He's clearly not 100% healthy. He's out there. He's, you know, and Stafford was banged up as well. But in the NFL, you never want moral victories. But this was as much of a moral victory, I think, as the Rams could have because – I would argue that as of right now, the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Yep. And so the Rams, West Coast team, one o'clock game on the road. They were more than a touchdown underdog in this game. And honestly, they were a couple of plays away from beating this team legitimately.
1: I think the Rams are the fourth best team in the NFC right now. San Francisco, Dallas, Philly, they're your top three. I think the Rams are playing better than the Lions yeah, I at agree. the moment. sure. I think a lot of teams are playing better than the Lions at the moment. <laughs> we'll Lions. Get to that. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll get to that. But Cup, the thing with Cup is his first two games this season. He had 118 and 148 yards, and he was just Cooper Cup. And then he got banged up, and then Brett Ripon was there for a while, and he had a, the, played the Browns defense. I think we can just treat him as Cooper Cup going forward. Yeah. And he has more competition with Puka Nakua, but uh, he looks all the way back physically.
2: But nice game, nice game from Puka here as well. You mentioned Kyron Williams. Stafford had a great game. So, anyway, the Rams offense is rolling. And good news, they get the commanders at home next week. So my Washington commanders have to travel there. Stafford Cup, Puka, Kyron Williams, all likely on the love list next
0: week. Let's move over to Sunday night football. Dallas takes care of business at home against the Eagles. Tony Pollard, 16 carries, 59 yards. But the story with his game, guys, was the seven receptions for 37 yards. And Matthew, this was a game that, Rico Dowdle is officially involved in this offense. 12 carries, 46 yards, and he gets the touchdown on the ground. From the yeah,
2: most importantly, is what's weird about Tony Pollard, and I don't know if this is just sort of happenstance, but over the last two weeks, he's gotten 50% Tony Pollard. Literally just 50% of the team's goal-to-go carries over the last two weeks. And, in fact, for three straight games, his percentage of team rushes has decreased, right? 72% three weeks ago to 59% to just 50% there on Sunday Night Football. Now, um... The, the, the Cowboys led this entire way. It wasn't as lopsided as the score might indicate if, for some reason, you were one of the few people who didn't. I think, like, 30 million people watched this game last. I mean, seriously, it's going to be a massive number whenever that comes out. And just one game, by the way. We didn't have to double up or anything like that. Not throwing shade, I'm just saying. Um, uh, NBD, I'm a company man. Go NBC. Uh, but the key here. I think is, is that I don't know if it's because, look, the Cowboys legitimately have Super Bowl aspirations, and so they want to save the wear and tear on Tony Pollard or they just see something in Rico Dowdle they like. But, like, it's a thing. Rico Dowdle is a thing, and, and I don't know that he's got standalone value in anything but the deepest of leagues, but he's playing enough, and it's I don't think it's a fluke that he's cutting into the fantasy value of Tony Pollard, who strikes me more as an RB2 these days than an RB1. I
1: think the other thing, too, is, like, Pollard was – sensational last season while he was in a timeshare with Ezekiel Elliott and now it looks like he's in a timeshare again and Pollard just looks better I know it hasn't really reflected in the stats but he just looks more explosive he's making making more guys miss last night so I would expect this is probably here to stay one of the things that was concerning about Pollard that we talked about and we complained about with Mike McCarthy is that they
2: wouldn't get him in space they wouldn't get him in the passing game like earlier in the season and so that has started to happen you mentioned the eight targets he's now had a double digit target share in four straight games this offense is rolling as a whole again they, they didn't need to do much like it was it was a i think the majority of people talking about this game will talk about the failure of the eagles and how much they were dominated and they couldn't get an offensive touchdown in this game really and and, and you know just how much they struggled uh and, you know Jalen Carter had more uh you know had scored more touchdowns than Jalen Hurts all that right but um but i the cowboys didn't play great in this offense like you know but uh, i think that if you watch it closely Cooks almost gets into the end zone. Like, he had two very close ones there a- as well. Um, they didn't need to do much. So, no, they felt know, in control. They, they felt in control the whole time. So, I don't know that there's much takeaway here from the Cowboys offense. My guy eight, CeeDee Lamb, he has, a, he has a really nice game. Yeah. Um,
1: but the only, that was the only storyline for me. Uh, anything that, from you on the Cowboys side of the ball? I feel like, look, they were fine and they got the job done and they deserved to win they were the better team. That wasn't a 20-point game. Like, it, the Eagles fumbled three times in Dallas territory. Yeah. That felt like more like a 7, 10-point win That just with fortune elevated. But I feel like the Cowboys, it's built on some suspect foundations. Where Dak, Dak was fine last night, but he wasn't great. And that was a terrible strip sack that he took for a fumble six to yeah. kind of re-enliven the game. So... Look, the Cowboys are a great team. They're one of the three or four best teams in football, but I think there's probably a reckoning coming for Dallas I, at well, some point.
2: Well, you, by the way, and that reckoning might very well be um, uh, in the playoffs. I, I thought I think you tweeted this, Jay, and I thought it was a great tweet. I think you said something to the effect of, like, what this Dallas uh, – what this Cowboys-Eagles game has taught me is that san francisco is the best team in the nfc yeah. and i think you're 100 right yeah like i think it is san francisco
1: and then you're then you're arguing about two versus three yeah the san francisco just feels like they're playing a different sport at the moment particularly on offense like it just it feels surprising whenever san francisco don't get in the end zone it feels like something's gone wrong the wiring is malfunctioned because they are just absolutely rolling at the moment And speaking about these two teams, sets up a very interesting discussion where now it's all Brock v. Dak for MVP. And the odds reflect that, where these two guys, they have now separated themselves. Mahomes, Hurts, they took their turns being favorite. Lamar, but now Dak and Brock, they're clearly the MVP favorites uh, at DraftKings. Uh, Dak plus 160, Purdy plus 200. I think that should be flipped the other way around. I agree. Just because... This Dak MVP thing, it is a bubble floating through the air and there are these jagged things hanging from the ceiling and it's going to burst if he loses to Buffalo, Miami or Detroit the next three weeks. That's right. Because at that point, here's the problem with Dak is that because he loses all the tie breaks to Philly, if he loses any of those games, it's going to lock him into the five seed and he's going to have similar numbers to Brock and Brock is going to be a one seed most likely and it's going to be one seed v five seed mainly because in their head-to-head matchup, Brock completely destroyed him. So Comple- I think Brock is, should be the favorite. I, I would agree with you. They're
2: at Buffalo and at Miami. So uh, their the next two games are on the road against very good teams, and they're home to Detroit. And then they finish up with my Washington commander. So, so that would fine, off, but be fine. They should right. have a good time there. Um, but uh, to that point, the other thing that I think is probably the most important thing from last night's game is, of course, my Sunday night football Parlay. Uh, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead going to roll this.
0: This is uh, this is what I presented. against Matthews will. Yeah. yeah. This is. the skipped is, two things on the rundown, this, but this. I, I agree. It's time to go there. No, no. <laughs> we'll,
2: we'll come back to it. We're going to come back to what else is on the uh, on the rundown there. Yeah. Go ahead. You guys, if you watch this show, you know I love Jalen Hurts. He's my ride or die from last year, but this year. The rushing just hasn't been there. Five of the last six games, he's been under 40 rushing yards, including against Dallas in Week 9. Since Week 8, by the way, Cowboys are a top-10 run defense. Give me the under on Jalen Hurts rushing tonight. Eagles have allowed the second-most yards per game to wide receivers. Lamb had almost 200 yards the last time they faced. Give me an alt-line, over 70 receiving yards for CeeDee Lamb. And then we say this in fantasy football all the time. Start your tight ends against the Eagles. Jake Ferguson, I want the over on his receiving yards. So there nice you go, you're done, right? right they're, they're, thank God I took the alt line because I think the actual line was like ninety something. I think he finished with seventy one, but yep. it all still counts. counts. Um, uh, Jalen Hurts had a couple of early runs. It was, the uh, first was run like,
1: went for eleven yards. On the like, second like, oh, play I'm of the dead. game, you're I right looking at I'm, down, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm down in the
2: water. But um, the, and then obviously Ferguson had a couple of big plays as well here. But. Uh, uh, so let's talk about Jalen Hurts as we transition. So anyway, that all <laughs> So one. Yeah. Jing, ching, ching, ching. <laughs> check, check, check. Like that all. Boom, boom, boom. Great job. Uh, happy, happy. wall cash. Thank you, DraftKings. Thank you, everyone that tailed me. Everyone's Hopefully, rich. Um,
1: Penn yeah. State Blake is shaking his head behind the camera. He's In had, he's way, had, had enough of the Eagles Cowboys
2: segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's truly disgusting. Well, well, guess what, Penn State Blake? Because now we're going to talk about your Eagles and uh, <laughs> how <laughs> they're
1: not doing so well. They're no
2: and and Jalen. Yes. Hurts fantasy teams. He (laughs) didn't yeah, he – Hurts Hurts, – yeah. It was a bad day at the office for the entire Eagles offense. Like, this is – by the way, I have Jalen Hurts again. He was my ride or die. He was my number one quarterback coming into the season. Uh, Coming into this week, he was the number two quarterback in fantasy football. I think that call call worked out just fine. Um, But as a result, I have Jalen Hurts in a lot of leagues. I have a lot of Jalen Hurts, not surprisingly. And I needed a nice game from him in a number of leagues. I did not get a nice game from him. I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat as well. The fewest fantasy points for Hertz in a game since week 18 of last year. Only 22% of the team's rushes in week 14, second lowest rate of the season or well. He now has 30 or fewer rushing yards in three of the past four games. Again, including under 41.5, which helped me cash the parlay.
1: Yep. Now, to be fair to Hurts, I don't think he played that much worse than Dak. I think he just got unlucky where he had these bomb passes to Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown that just went through the hands. Yeah. If those are different, if they don't fumble three times, mm-hmm. their three best players all take a turn to fumble in opposition territory. I think his stat line looks a lot different. We're I talking about Jalen Hurts in a different way. So, look, Jalen Hurts is fine. To me, the main thing is, I thought that his knee was in real bad shape after mm-hmm. that Kansas City game, in particular, where he looked like a statue. But yeah. he looks—he looks better now. He looks like they're just having bad games. And, and and by the way,
2: and to that point, and this is why I thought it was dead in the water. and I was glad it ended up cashing. But like they had some designed runs. It yep. feels like uh, to date, a lot of the rushing for Jalen Hurts has been off schedule, um, you know, or whatever the brotherly shove. But like, it felt like at least early on they were trying to be aggressive in trying to run Hurts, which hasn't felt like the case um uh earlier in the season uh if you do survive and you manage to get into the playoffs with hurts as your quarterback it gets a lot easier at Seattle home to the Giants home to the Cardinals and then at the Giants again so I do think Jalen Hurts is one of the reasons why I had him as my number one uh quarterback in fantasy coming into the year is it's a dream
1: schedule to your point uh in the fantasy playoffs Connor why do you think the Eagles can't run the ball anymore
0: I mean, it's really interesting because this is an offensive line that used to dominate everybody, and I think when it comes down to it right now, it's not the same unit, right? They've had some injuries up there throughout the year, and I think also it just feels like teams are are keying in on their run and and daring them to throw, and Brown and Devontae Smith each had drops in this game. They each had a lost fumble. Dallas Goddard wasn't overly involved, so – I think it's a lot of different things. And I think Lane Johnson, who is one of the best right tackles in football the last eight years, he's really playing through injuries. It's been like that every year. So you're not getting dominant performances from guys that we're so used to seeing dominate. Yep. And, and DeAndre Swift is completely cooled off, honestly. That's, to me, he's that's the bigger concern. Off. Like, the pass catch will be fine. Like,
2: as we go into the Monday Night Football, Devontae, in a game in which, to your point, they didn't score an offensive touchdown, and they had three turnovers in, you know, deep in Dallas territory, like – and just a bad day at the office for the passing offense. As we head into Monday Night Football, A.J. Brown is still the 12th best wide receiver in fantasy. Uh, Devontae Smith is still wide receiver 29. He's a top 30 play. Goddard is, whatever, tight end 22. But whatever, T- tight ends are touchdown dependent. It is what it is. But DeAndre Swift, as we head into Monday Night, is running back 44. He's, it's his first game with zero receptions, but he's now had two or fewer receptions in five of the past six. Like, they're not involving him in the passing game at all. Single-digit fantasy points in four of the past five games. Over that stretch, he's running back 36. Like, he's not even a top 35 running back over the last five games. And so, once again, less than 50% of the snaps in back-to-back games, Kenneth Gainwell's getting more involved. And so, somebody that went in the middle of drafts and people thought, oh, like, oh, I found something in DeAndre Swift – as we head into the fantasy playoffs, I don't think you can trust him the way that you have before. Like, This was a tough day at the office, and it's been that way for a while for DeAndre Swift.
1: Just a strange offense at the moment. Only four guys got a target last night. It's just bizarre. Like, the sad. running backs didn't get a single target between Gainwell and Swift, yeah. so just seems a little off-kilter at the moment. Also, they've had five brutal games in a row, all against elite teams. Right. Dallas twice. Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco. Those might be the four best teams. You can make a case those are the four best teams in football. They have to play all of them. An absolute gauntlet. They've been at a rest disadvantage three weeks in a row. Like, they will be better with extended breaks. And, and, again,
2: Seattle Giants, Cardinals Giants. As as the next gets. four, yeah. like, so better days are ahead for all of them, but still you're a little nervous about you, – you wish you'd seen a little bit more from DeAndre Swift. Yep, for sure. In terms of usage and passing game involvement.
0: And it's been better days for the Bills, who have saved their season a little bit. They yes. win a, This was a thriller against the Chiefs at Kansas City. And, Matthew, it's on the back of James Cook right now. Ten mm. carries, 58 yards. More importantly, since Joe Brady has taken over, his usage in the pass game. Five catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown yesterday. This has been a consistent part since they moved on from Ken Dorsey. And, Barry, you kind of called your shot with James Cook on fantasy football pregame yesterday, so take a listen here. As you see, the Week 14 fantasy leaders at running back. We will get to Matthew's shot for shot yesterday. Ezekiel Elliott uh, tops this list still from Thursday Night Football, but James Cook ends up coming into Monday Night Football as RB three. And I heard we have Matthew's shot for shots. So take a listen.
2: I really like him a lot. I'm at running back 14. He made the love list this week, guys. I think I think James Cook is due. For, I think James Cook is gonna wait for it. Cook. That's right. That's right. God bless. Got him. Dad, is it too early for dad jokes? I don't think it is. Three out of (laughs)
1: ten. You know what? I'm going to use that
2: joke again. How about them apples? What do you think about that? I'm going to use that joke again.
1: It's like you're looking at the screen as though the screen will support you somehow, but it's just us. (laughs) It's just (laughs) us and we're not supporting you. It's people at home. (laughs) Focused. People at home. James Cook cooks
2: against the Chiefs. I told you I was going to use that joke again. You're damn right. Yeah, that's right. Keep making fun of it. I'll keep using that joke because I don't care.
0: Man, that ISO was
2: is just it's holding good, on. Yeah, I like Michael Smith popping in there. But you're, <laughs> you're damn right. Yeah. James cooked. How yes, about them did. apples? That's right. That's right. Because here's what I just – this is a lesson for you, America. If you meet me on the street, you interact with me on social media, and you guys who are the hosts, like, when you tell me, yes. oh, that joke sucks, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to lean into it more right. and more and yeah, more that's, and more. That's, I never that's, that's your joke. Anyway. Absolutely. Because – I, I was like this as a kid. I was like this as a not kid. Surprised. The minute I was told I couldn't do something, I immediately wanted to do it. The minute I was told, "Oh, that's no good," my goal is: I don't run away. I lean into it further. So yeah, it's not a good joke. No. I asked an asked an answer. I was
1: being kind with the three out of ten. Yes, of I
2: I agree with you. By the way, I think you graded too high. Yeah. Uh
1: you know. Um, I'm a nice guy.
2: Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Like you were definitely the French judge uh, on, on that particular joke, and yet still, I'm going to lean into it more. James yeah. cooked. He cooked. And he has been cooking since Joe Brady took over. He's had over 100 yards from scrimmage in every single game since Brady has started calling the, uh, calling the plays here. And what's exciting is he's also getting involved in the passing game, a 14% target share in every game with Brady as the OC as well. So um, it, it's weird. It's good to see James Cook do as well as he is because, honestly, it feels like he's the only part of the Bills' offense that's really clicking right. here. Brutal game from Gabe Davis, you know, a typical, you know, this is the Gabe Davis experience, <laughs> up, down, up. Uh, I mean, you know, he's awesome, he's bad, he's awesome, he's bad. Um, but Stefan Diggs, uh, since Joe Brady took over as the offense coordinator, I think this is interesting. Since Joe Brady took over as the offense coordinator, it's only three games, so it's a small sample size, but he's wide receiver 35 yeah. on a points-per-game basis, again, as we head into Monday Night Football. He's had under seven fantasy under seven fantasy points in two of the three games including his two lowest yardage games of the season. He's at under 35 receiving yards in three of the past four. Like, you know, his brother probably won't be tweeting because they (laughs) they didn't win the game. They went to Kansas City and they won the game. But still, for one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, this is an alarming lack
1: of production over the last month. I don't understand the usage. I don't understand why, particularly in the Philadelphia game. He was off the field on key third downs. Their season was on the line in that game, and he just wasn't out there. So I don't know if he's nursing something. I don't really understand anything about this offense. Like, Khalil Shakir looks awesome, and then yesterday's just one catch for 12 yards. Gabe Davis doesn't have a catch yesterday. All of a sudden, it's a James Cook, Dawson Knox offense. Right. They're going to Kincaid all the time down the stretch. I don't, yeah, I don't understand. play to Deontay
2: Hardy. I mean, down the stretch, like, you're like, So it's a weird one, right? And it just—it's—it's kind of—it make—it makes me nervous, Um, especially because, by the way, their next game—they're home to Dallas. And then and then, they're, then they're at the Chargers. That's a game that's exclusively on Peacock. Let's go. I'm a company it's man. Star and Stick. Yeah. Um, well, by the way, if you want to watch that game on Peacock, you can <laughs> subscribe to Rotopass.com. Get a bunch of great fantasy sites along with a the subscription there you go. to, uh, to Peacock. It's, the I mean, it's a holiday bundle. It's a holiday bundle, 1,000%. Rotopass.com. It is the best thing, best deal in fantasy sports. And you do get a 12 month subscription to Peacock whenever you subscribe. Um, and then they play, uh, they're home to New England. Good. But then they're at the end the season at Miami, so
1: it's a big one.
2: That's that's a big Miami one. Miami may
1: not have anything to play for in that game if they would beaten Baltimore the week before to wrap up the one seed. Though.
2: By the way, if Buffalo doesn't beat Dallas, they may not have anything to play for either. Yep. Like they need to win. I mean, they're if you look at the AFC playoff picture, like they're on the outside looking in. Tiebreakers
1: and, aren't good for Bills. Ta- yeah.
2: That's correct, and there's a lot of teams ahead of them. Like yeah. they're at seven and six, but they're like. There's a lot of seven and six teams that have win. better tiebreakers. Yeah, they so need t- t- better tiebreakers. There's a positive that Cowboys game is in Buffalo, so uh, the Cowboys will have to travel to the cold. But still, like,
0: offense doesn't look great. Doesn't look Stephon good. Gilmore has been great against number one wide receivers, where if you're Stephon yeah. Diggs, you know, fantasy manager saying, I think it'll I turn, can. I think it'll turn. You get I a feel little like, nervous about I feel this like weekend.
1: Gilmore as well. He gets more burned by, like, elite speed. Right. When it's a bigger older, guy right? like A.J. Brown. Like, I think he'll be able to keep up with Stephon Diggs. Yeah, this uh, Stephon Diggs yes. right now. But,
2: I mean, Diggs, I, maybe he's not healthy. Like, I, yeah. I feel like maybe he's, there, you know, hiding an injury or he's just like. Right. But it's uh, you're still starting Stephon Diggs because he's Stephon Diggs. But, like, you know, there's some cause for concern here. 100%. Speaking of somebody who... I'm in first place in one of my dynasty leagues, you know, and so I'm going for it this year. I'm pushing all my chips in the middle. Of, there's two other teams that are really good in my league as well. And so I traded my Jahan Dotson and my number one pick next year for Stefan Diggs um, in this dynasty league to try to make a you know final push. And uh, at the moment, I'm not feeling good about the trade. I got to be honest with you. Don't feel good about it. I'm nervous. I'm nervous.
0: On the Chiefs' side of things, you know, Mahomes comes in as QB18. We know how the the Kadarius-Tony offsides changes things, but as it stands, Mahomes, 25-43, 271 yards, touchdown and interception. I mean, Jay, the offsides heard around the world with Kadarius-Tony. Obviously, the Chiefs are not happy after the game, but – the man was offsides, and it changed the outcome of this one.
1: The irony is, it's not even the worst uh, offsides that the Chiefs have committed in the past six years, because D. Ford was offsides oh, yes. in the AFC title game right. against Tom Brady. Which literally, if yes. he's just two inches back, Tom Brady doesn't have a Super Bowl. Right. So that's The Correct. game the game was over. Correct. It doesn't get talked about enough. That's yes, one of that's those true. consequential we're, plays we're, in yes. NFL history. D.
2: Ford's interception. That's 100% took the Bush. interception off the
1: board. Kadarius Toney Look, I don't, we don't really have to get into it because we can spend all day on it. You can't see the ball. He's clearly you, offsides. You can't see the ball. To me, what and I tweeted about this last. But I think that Mahomes, he doesn't throw that fit If uh, any of his receivers catch a ball against Detroit If MBS comes down with a pass against Philly If the pass interference gets called at the end of the Green Bay game like He just feels like a man at the end of his tether Because everything around him, it's all just descended into farce It's like, oh, let's see what his receivers can screw up now Uh, And I think it just broke him
2: I, I the, the, you know, there's this account on Instagram, NFL Memes IG, yeah. and whoever runs that account just never misses. And uh, it's it's mean, but it's really funny. But there was one who was just like, you know. Patrick Mahomes realizing that if Kadarius Tony just wasn't on the team, <laughs> this team would be like, you know, uh, Have you know, more wins. Right? Well, yeah. just because it's like they showed clips from the Detroit game, right? They showed, right. Like, like, there's like three games where he's just Kadarius Tony has just made just a brutal, mind numbing play. Uh, look, no one complains about the refs more than me. I'm the first to be able to just pile on the refs, but like, even I'm like, that's the right call. Like, yeah. you can't see the, bo- like, he's so clearly offside. Um, if you're Kadarius Sony, you can't put yourself in that position fantasy wise. Let's bring it back here. Just Mahomes is like this is what we said prior to the game, and there's nothing that changed my mind after this game. Mahomes is like a low end QB1. Like, yep. you're still the days of, at least for this year, the days of like, I've got Mahomes. I don't care who else is on my team. I'm, I don't care who he's playing. I'm starting him. No questions asked. Like, that's not the case anymore. Like, if you had. A Jordan Love. If you had a Brock Purdy, easily you could easily have those guys and Mahomes based on the way drafts went. Like Sam Howell. Sam Howell. It's a I mean, conversation. Russell,
0: Russell Wilson is Russell like, that Loretta. Matthew line.
2: Stafford the last yep. couple of yeah. weeks. I'm just I, now they play New England next week, so you're starting Patrick Mahomes. But um st- like it's it's frustrating. Two positives out of this game that I think is important and we'll move on. Number one is Rasheed Rice, eighty four percent of the team snaps. It feels it's happening slower than we'd like. But it's finally happening for Rasheed Rice, who now has at least 18 fantasy points in two of the past three games, at least seven for 60 and three straight. And he's got an almost 30% target share over that stretch. It makes sense. when Everyone on your team can't catch, but one guy can. It makes sense that they try to get him on the field more and get him involved. So we continue to really like Rasheed Rice. I get it. Jarek McKinnon got the touchdown. But Clyde Edwards-Elaire got 61% of the Chiefs' rushes in Week 14. Um, played 48% of the snaps in a game in which the Chiefs were trailing. You know, I mean, I, I think you're encouraged by CEH's usage if you picked him up to replace Pacheco. Uh, McKinnon got the rushing touchdown because he was in on the two minute drive. It was, it was the two minute, he's their two minute yep. running back, it's like he's their third down ability. back. And so yep. he just happened to be on the offense uh, when they got in with under two minutes to go. I'm not, I don't think he's got the goal line role as long as Pacheco's out.
0: Our next game, the Bears upset the Lions. Justin Fields' success against the Lions continues, Jay. Throws for 223 yards. The touchdown also adds in 58 yards, rushing with another rushing touchdown. And the song remains the same when Justin Fields plays, DJ Moore plays well, Jay.
1: Yep. this is the bizarre game. that uh, He gets that free pass on the 4th and 13 after somehow it wasn't intentional grounding on the yeah. previous play. seems like the most blatant intentional grounding I've ever seen. But, I mean, Fields, he, when he is playing like this, and it feels like he goes through this uh, kind of journey every year, but now that he's, he's throwing the ball deep, he's running, and when he gets a bad defense, he can light them up. But I think the big story fantasy-wise out of this is Deontay Foreman, is he's their back, Matt. a thousand percent 73 percent of the team's running back carries in
2: his return he averaged 4.5 yards per carry it's the second highest in a game this season he also had the second most receiving yards in a game this season Foreman not really known for his passing game prowess but you see it there on your screen two for 22 in the passing game not a lot but it's more than Herbert and Rashawn Johnson combined neither of them got a target in the game and so I think it's very clear that to the extent you want a Bears running back Deontay Foreman is the guy Now, they're playing the Cleveland next week, so, okay. But then, home to Arizona, home to Atlanta at Green Bay. So, given that the the team is winning, the Bears now have won back-to-back games for the first time this season, and they went right back to Foreman, he's the guy that I think you want in this offense.
0: Tough day for the Lions. Jared Goff, 161 passing yards, touchdown, throws the two picks. Monros St. Brown, he had nine targets, but he only catches three of them for twenty one yards. The Lion- Brutal Lions Lions are just in an all-around rut. Right? They, are. they don't look, look like the team we saw the first two months of the season. No,
1: they don't. Look, the Bears have an excellent defense. Correct. And that yeah. is that has changed over the second half of the season. They are a legitimately excellent defense now. And it's just Jared Goff outdoors. It's been the same stories in Tigra. Jared Goff outdoors in the cold against a good defense. He just does not play well he plays in domes the rest of the way though so they'll they'll be fine.
2: That that is a positive also by the way. Again, we've always talked about this. Goff is much better when he has time. Yeah. Their offensive line was banged up yep. coming into this game like they had some backups out there as well. So hopefully they get healthy. But the yeah, the good news is is like he's in domes the rest of the way. The bad news is look at who he's in a dome against. So yeah. they're home to Denver this Saturday. Then he's at Minnesota. That defense is improving at Dallas, also on a Saturday, and then home to Minnesota. So, I mean, like, there's not a pushover there. I mean, Minnesota's kind of a middle-of-the-pack defense, but Denver's playing really well, and Dallas is Dallas. So, you know, the positives are at least that that those games are indoors. But I don't know that we're fully out of the woods yet on the Lions offense getting back to where they need to be. This is a bad day at the office for the entire team both running backs, by the way, didn't get a lot of work either. At least Gibbs gets into the end zone.
1: Yep, they need to get their offensive line healthy.
0: Our yeah. final game here, guys, the Bucks, falcons I mean, this was a dream game for that Falcons trio of top ten picks. Bijan Robinson gets the touchdown on the ground. He also catches five passes for 54 yards. Drake London, 172 yards through the air, as well as a two-point conversion. And Kyle Pitts here, Jay, 57 receiving yards and a touchdown. When all three of these guys were drafted, this is what we expected <laughs> yeah. on a week-by-week basis. It just took a while to get here.
1: Kyle Pitts continues. Continues to be hyper relevant. 3 for 57 and the touchdown, as you can see, 14.7 fantasy points. That's the stuff you dream of last season. And by the way, doesn't make the screen. Desmond Ritter threw for 347 yards in this game and looked pretty good outside of a uh, errant kind of screen pass pick, which is always going to be in there. But it certainly showed a certain uh, ceiling to his part to their passing game that you didn't think existed. Admittedly, against the box pass defense, that is not very. That's going to
2: say their defense. Their defense is bad to begin with, and yeah. then they were really beat up. They had a number of starters out in yep. this game, and I actually—it's weird—I thought Ritter had some really nice moments in this game. I also thought he just made some brutally like fantasy-wise, he was great. Yeah. He put up numbers. He ran. He got the nu- He got yeah. the ball to the playmakers that we care about. Great, fine. From an NFL perspective, though. He did not play. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. No, like, no. He, he missed some just easy screens. And they were just like there was. Bijan in he the end zone. Bijan in the end zone where you're just like. Bijan no. should have had a much
0: bigger day and he had a good day.
2: I thought Ritter wasn't terrible. But, no. like, like, that's a game the Falcons should have won, needed to win, yep. and didn't. The Buccaneers now control their own destiny in the, in the division that is the NFC South, the brilliance of it. Um, the the uh, other side of the ball, like, I thought numbers don't support this. I thought Baker Mayfield played a better NFL game than Desmond Ritter did yesterday.
1: Yeah, particularly given that Mike Ed- Evans was completely taken away by the right. shadow coverage of AJ Terrell, who was able to play after getting through concussion protocol. And Rashad White who just Mm. continues to be really solid. Uh, And he goes 25 for 102, catches a touchdown. Just the two receptions, but still able to provide value. Uh, So, he, I mean, he's a uh, locked-in RB1, really, going forward. He He is is now –
2: the volume is insane. He's had at least 98 scrimmage yards in seven of the past eight. He's scored in five of the past six. Like, he is not a sexy name because the Buccaneers, NFC South, and Rashad White is just not famous. But, like – Very quietly, he has continued to produce week in, week out. I agree with you. He's a borderline RB1 there as well. Mike Evans, tough day at the office. He was on my love list. That did not work out well. Um, But I will say, like, he almost had a touchdown. Like, a hand comes down out. You know, he made a great catch, and the hand comes down outside the end zone just before he gets the second foot down. It's a little like a boom-boom play that, you know, nanosecond the other way. There were a couple other ones as well that he just easily could have had a much bigger day. Mike Evans is going to be fine. I'm not worried about him as well. They play the Packers, who will be uh, on a short week uh, on Sunday next
0: week. And I think when he was on the love list, A.J. Terrell cleared concussion protocol throughout less than a week. Yeah. That's been pretty rare air this season. I mean, that's the one, guys, that's one yes. of the.
2: Th- I mean, that's one of the things. Is like, again, I write the love list, love-hate list. I write it on Wednesday. So you're sort of projecting forward, you know, and I did not think Terrell was going to play. We talked about him on Fantasy people pre- Like, I'm going to own it. Like, if I'm – if I'm patting myself on the back and victory lapping the James Cooks and the Parlays of the world, I gotta own like when I, when I put somebody on the love list and he gets his single-digit fantasy points, I'm gonna own that. And um, but yes, part of my analysis, it's always important to sort of check in and. Part of my analysis was that Terrell was not going to play.
0: Before we go to break, let's take a look at the injuries we will be tracking from week 14. Justin Jefferson, as a precaution, went to the hospital with that chest injury. Literally a hospital ball. His teammate Alexander Madison dealing with the ankle. Josh Jacobs with the knee. C.J. Stroud was knocked out of the game in the second half by a brutal hit. He will be in concussion protocol. Justin Herber obviously left the game with a pretty significant finger issue. And Nico Collins left very early in the Jets game with a calf yeah, injury. tough game for all of the Texans as well. In
2: terms of Herbert, uh, Adam Schefter has already tweeted out that he's expect it's a finger injury. He's expected. They play the Thursday night game uh, against the Raiders, so Herbert's already expected to miss Thursday night. We'll see if how much longer after that. But Easton Stick will get the start on Thursday night. We'll talk more about these guys' replacements tomorrow on our waiver wire show. We'll be back right
0: after this. All right, we're taking our first break. When we are back, weekend warriors, Sunday scaries, Zach Wilson. Right after this. Get your weekday started with Bet the Edge. Join Jay and Jardinzik as they tackle the biggest games from every angle in the NFL, NBA, and more. So whether you're targeting spreads and totals, looking for value in futures markets, or circling player props, Jane and Drew have you covered with new episodes every weekday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you subscribe and download Matthew for your drive. People wake up early.
2: Do you think people wake up desperately early to get at the edge at 6 a.m., 6:05? There's no better way.
1: No better way to start your day with some granola, some wheat bakes, and some. uh, some Debo Samuel highlights as well as we jump into
0: weekend warriors. Debo Samuel absolutely tops our list here. 34 fantasy points. He is wide receiver one right now, Matthew. I mean, just a Debo game where he gets you a touchdown on the ground, classic, but also 149 yards through the air receiving. He's been on the
2: podcast twice, and since returning in <laughs> Week helped 10. Him. helped him he's fly, the, I'm just saying, since he returned from injury in Week 10, he's the third-best wide receiver in fantasy football on a points-per-game basis. Uh, Debo's been nothing short of terrific. Third straight game with multiple touches of 20 or more yards, so he's getting these big chunk plays as well. Uh, six touchdowns over the last three games. And one of the things that sort of helps the Brock Purdy case be well, if you look at the touchdown pass that he caught, it's an absolute dime. It's not yak. It
1: is a layered bomb.
2: You're right. Brock Purdy just throws an absolutely perfect ball. And, and so just like – like I know you guys ever want to say uh, Brock Purdy's a system quarterback and everything like that, but like, like system quarterbacks don't make those kind of throws. Like I, I get it. He was open. Debo's really good. But yeah. like he hit him in stride. Like I mean just – perfect play you know anyway
1: pff have this stack called big time throw rate which basically is like you know the big time throws that you the extra difficulty throws and brock Purdy's fifth in the nfl in that it is not easy completion so and i think that helps depot because he's able to find him on these deep balls as well as the short intermediate stuff
2: i mean again it's just death by a thousand cuts whether it's McCaffrey or iuke or samuel or kittle they all had great games they always seem to kill um uh kill the seahawks but look at their upcoming schedule Okay, they're at Arizona this week. They got Baltimore in two weeks, which honestly I think is a Super Bowl preview. Yeah. Right now, that'll be a great one. But then they're at Washington, home to the Rams. So, I mean, like, it's a pretty nice schedule. That Baltimore game's going to be tough, but the Ravens defense, obviously, you just saw last week, like, they're not impenetrable. And, you know, the same with the Rams. So uh, it should be a good, if you have Niners, it should be good throughout the fantasy playoffs.
0: Our next one here, Brees Hall, he comes in as RB2 from the weekend. But, Jay, the reality was for the Jets, he's wide receiver too. All Brees' production was through the air, eight catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Wilson, when in doubt, checked it down to Brees Hall.
1: Yeah, and we were talking about this while we were getting our makeup done before the show. So The Jets offense... It's Garrett Wilson who, deep point, is always open. And if he's not open, just throw it to Brees Hall and see what he can do. Right. And it felt like for the first time in a long time they finally embraced that as their identity, and Brees Hall really benefited. 21% target share uh, in his fourth straight game for Brees Hall. I mean,
2: again, you've got a running back getting a 20% target share with his ability, his, his run-after-the-catch ability. Pretty good. He's back on the, you know, high-end RB2, low-end RB1 radar.
0: Yeah, he is their number two receiver. And Zach Wilson was a beneficiary of that. 19.4 fantasy points, QB 12, uh, throws for two touchdowns in this game. Matthew, Matthew in a career-high 117.9 passer rating.
2: Yeah, and by the way, 19 fantasy points, over 300 yards. He actually got three runs. And by the way, Zach Wilson also drinks for free today here at the Happy Hour. Good for well- you, Zach. Good for you. That kid has taken so much crap, so much unbelievable crap. And so for him to go out, and that's a big win at home against a good Texans team. I get it. Nico Collins Orton left Ray. early. Stri- but honestly, that's it. A- and we talked about this a little, bit, a little bit last week and on Fantasy Football pregame where I just said, I sort of feel like Zach Wilson is going to play well here because, guys, it's going to be like, look, I'm not even bench for Tim Boyle. Yeah. How much worse can it get? <laughs> right. F it. Because with Zach Wilson, it's never been about the physical skills. It's all been mental right. for him. Yep. And I felt like taking all the pressure off of him because it's like, what's the worst that can happen for me? Like, I ain't nope. going to be here next year. Like, I they going to bench me for Tim Boyle again? Been there, done that. Bought the T-shirt. Like, whatever. I'm going to let it fly. And um, and that's exactly what he did. And he played within himself. And then you see some of the quotes after the after the game, Connor
0: that – that felt like that was his mentality. Right, he was confident, he was loose, played like he had nothing to lose. Nathaniel Hackett uh, had his best game of the year as well. They lit up the Texans in the second half, which is more importantly from a fantasy perspective, because you're not starting Zach Wilson, is Garrett Wilson, top five wide receiver, Brees Hall, top three running back.
1: Yep. That's what you need. Yep, no, Zach Wilson is fantastic. Daughters, lock up your mothers.
2: <laughs> I just say this, though. I, again, in a league in which you may have, you, you may have lost uh, Justin Herbert, right, and Every week, there's, there's more and more uh, quarterback change at Miami next week, home to Washington. At Cleveland, you don't love that. At New England. But, again, the next two weeks are favorable fantasy-wise. I bet yep. you he's throwing a ton at Miami, and obviously there's no better secondary to throw against than my commander. So, Zach Wilson in deep two quarterback leagues, like, you could, you know, you, you, if you're desperate, sure. I'm just saying, you know. Better than Nick
1: Mullins, probably. Right?
2: I mean, right, exactly. I mean, like, you know, anyway. So, we'll talk about that all tomorrow, but. Zach Wilson on the, on the deep league streaming <laughs> radar. He got picked up in our league already. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think it was producer Pete. Pate, no. yeah, yeah, backup producer Pete, Pete. You know, who's, you know. Yeah, you know, you know. Optimistic. You know. For the
0: yeah. Bengals, Joe Mixon and Chase Brown make the weekend Warriors, Jay. We know what Mixon can do and the volume he gets, but it's it's like the Bengals remembered they drafted Chase Brown. Very odd how long this took.
1: Yeah, kind of a Jalen Warren vibe to Chase Brown. Just an a, explosive. added explosiveness. It just feels like he runs for 20 yards every time he gets it. against. And he, they eviscerated the Colts, the to two. The Colts don't have a great run defense, but they took advantage. Let's hear for Jake Browning. Second good game for him again. You
2: know, Keeping in close, getting a bunch of completions, uh, completions, getting yards after the catch, which you saw with Jace Brown. It's opening up the run game for Mixon. Tough day for Chase, not really worried about it. Nice to see T. Higgins getting involved. But the Bengals are suddenly viable. We'll talk more about Chase Brown tomorrow. But, again, if you have Joe Mixon, it's clear that Chase Brown is very important for your roster construction.
0: How about Evan Ingram? Monster day for Evan Ingram. He comes in as tight end one, as you see at the top here, over 32 fantasy points, and largely, Matthew, because he caught two touchdowns, but 11 catches for 95 yards. Ingram's on a good stretch here right now.
2: Since week three, he's had a 19% target share. We were wondering, what does this Jaguars passing offense look like without Christian Kirk moving forward? Evan Ingram's already been a big part of it, continues to, I think, going to be an even bigger part Uh, as they move down the stretch. Now, they were down in this game quite a bit. Kudos to Trevor Lawrence for getting out there. A lot of people were wondering, oh, is this season ending? And like, nope, once again, Trevor Lawrence doesn't miss a game. But – Yeah, Ingram's
0: a tight end one. And another guy like that right now, Jay, David Njoku comes in as tight end two. Starts off the game with a basically blown coverage, 30-plus yard touchdown, but put together a a consistent performance, six catches, 91 yards, and two total touchdowns.
1: Yep, seems like he's established a rapport with Joe Flacco. This is the second game in a row where Flacco has just looked confident. They're running a real NFL offense, which they kind of weren't with P.J. Walker. So, Njoku... Cooper and Elijah Moore, uh, but Andriyuk was a monster yesterday.
0: All right, let's get into the Sunday scaries, and we start with a tough one. That is CJ Stroud getting away from the injury, which was in the second half. The concussion. Jeez. Stroud couldn't get anything going, guys. He comes into this game without Tank Dell and Dalton Schultz. Uh, uh, Nico, Nico Collins, Collins early. very early with the calf injury, yeah. which I think is a reaggravation of an early season injury. Ninety-one passing yards, Matthew. No touchdown. Two. Uh, passes really could have been very easily intercepted. The Jets dropped them. It's a brutal day for Stroud.
2: Tough day at the office. Listen, Jets have made a lot of quarterbacks look bad as well, but this is now under 17 fantasy points in three of the past four games. His numbers on the season without Tank Dell are not great. We'll see if Nico Collins is going to lose some time. Even if C.J. Stroud clears the concussion protocol, they're on the road to Tennessee, then home to Cleveland, home to Tennessee – at Indianapolis. It's not a great schedule for the uh, Texans the rest of the way. And just feels like if all you have is CJ Stroud because you're like, hey, I'm playing with house money. This is my guy. Like, it feels like you may need another quarterback here for the next couple of weeks because you don't love him on the road to Tennessee or home to Cleveland, especially
0: if he's going to be without. Obviously, Tank Dell, and maybe also Nico Collins. Jay, as Matthew said before, tough day for Jamar Chase. Less than six fantasy points. He's wide receiver, 48. But the Bengals were just able to run at will against the Colts.
1: They were able to run at will. They were leading effectively in the entire game. Jake Browning only had to throw 24 passes. So just throw this one out for Jamar Chase. He showed what he could do with Browning against the Jags, uh, and he will be fine going forward. You know what you guys should be lucky about? neither of you were on
2: national television last week saying that you liked the over on 40 <laughs> points of Vikings Raiders because somebody somebody it. with two <laughs> somebody I just needed a plus 37 right exactly because <laughs> um, you know who did that and two has and two half. thumbs this guy uh, yeah this was ugly this was just like like a brutal like Raiders alone had as many punt yards as there were combined yards of offense like it's Madison leaves with an injury Justin Jefferson leaves early with an injury Josh Jacobs leaves with an injury it's just Bad day at the office for all of them. We'll talk more about those two teams coming up, but like, just fantasy wasteland. My favorite is stat of awful. the year:
0: eight hundred and thirty combined punt yards in that <laughs> game. We're going to break when we're back. Happier times. We got best bets for two the Lamar Monday Night Jacksons. Football games.
2: That's basically two <laughs> Lamar Jacksons plus on the on the on the legs of punters.
0: Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VERY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's time for Last Call. Let's take a look at the most bet Monday Night Football props courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. Jordan love passing touchdowns over one and a half. Tyreek Hill receiving yards, that has definitely moved, but it's uh we had it over 105.5. I think on DraftKings now it's 110. One, yeah, 109 and a half. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it, it keeps moving. Everybody up. loves Tyreek Hill's over receiving yards. Jordan Love passing yards over 224 and a half. That's at minus 135. Derrick Henry rushing yards over 54.5. Jaden Reed receiving yards over 39.5. Jay? Going with the public or going with something else?
1: Going with something else. But I just note, with Tyreek, that climbing to 109.5, like Cooper Cup in 2021, which I think is the best season anyone has had at the receiver position in recent memory, he was saying like the mid-90s. Like, this yeah. is a completely yeah. different ballgame with Tyreek. And I'm taking the over on the man throwing him the ball. That's to a tag of Iloa. 287.5. Titans are the ultimate pass funnel defense. Really good uh, against the run. Terrible against the pass. And also I think that Will Levis is really going to struggle to stay on the field the other side. So I think the Dolphins are going to be throwing a tonne. Uh, and they will be getting, they'll have a lot of time of possession. Matthew, what do you like?
2: Okay, so in the, I have two bets. In that particular game in Titans, give me Tajay Spears over two and a half receptions, which is at plus money, right? He's had at least four targets in six of the Titans, eight losses this season. They're pretty significant underdogs in this one. I expect the Titans to lose. And in three of the past five games, Tajay Spears has had four more receptions. So give me over two and a half at plus money, t- Tajay Re- Spears. And then in the Packers-Giants game, I like Dontavian Wicks over 31 and a half receiving yards. Look, He's gone over this number in four straight, and that was all with Christian Watson playing. And now Watson is out. No Aaron Jones in this game as well, so I think they're going to have to throw more. No team in the NFL has allowed more passing yards per game, more receiving yards per game to wide receivers than the Giants over the last month. So Wicks over 31 and a half.
0: Guys, I'm jumping back into the defensive props market here. Uh-huh. How about Andrew Van Ginkle on the <laughs> Dolphins, right? Jalen Phillips' replacement. Yeah. He's been awesome he since he has. stepped in for Jalen Phillips. Two quarterback hits last week over .25, which needs a half sack tonight. I think Van Ginkle gets it. Miami's going to be up big. A lot of dropbacks for Will Levis, who unfortunately holds the ball a lot.
1: Yeah. Van Ginkle. I believe he plays left back for Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he my, also uh, rushes the spare time,
0: he's in Miami I, pass, I
2: read sure. a story to my daughter that starred Van Ginkle <laughs> last night. All right, listen, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So good luck in Monday Night Football. Hope your miracle comes through. For Jay and Connor, I'm Matthew. Ha-ha, And State Blake. Peace
0: out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no.